3: There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a Gunner Big fly, Nolan Arenado. there's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh. And the driving jam time. Can the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Come back, pattern caught. Touchdown! Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
4: Turn it up, James. Turn the mic up. We got to crank it up just a little bit. No, I was not at Mardi Gras yesterday. Sure. I once upon a time, I did hit Mardi Gras hard uh, back in my twenties. No, yesterday I actually. Uh, spent Mardi Gras time with my fifth-grade girls at the SLU Women's Shootaround and then hosted an auction last night, which historically has strained my voice, and it has done it again. No offense to them. They're amazing. St. Joseph's Academy, one of the all-time great women's sports programs in St. Louis high school history. Uh, They have an amazing school, and I do their auction every year. And last year it was virtual. So this did not happen. But the years that it is in person, we do it in the gym where the angels play. There's hundreds of people. It's very loud. I don't ask them to quiet down because it's a party and I want them to have fun. Mm-hmm. But I also auction off 29 items. And when you do that in front of a crowd and you're enthusiastic and you've been to one of my auctions, I yell a lot. Uh, it it. It does this to The Voice, but
5: mm-hmm.
4: it. we raised over a million dollars.
5: Really? I've
4: never wow. in my life uh, had an auction that was that successful. I credit the incredibly generous people. I should actually say what some of these items are. So I've done a lot of auctions in 20-plus years. I'm going to get to sports in just a minute, but I want to tell this story. I've done a lot of auctions. Last night was one of the greatest auction lists I've ever seen. Here's one of them. Michael Jordan's exclusive golf club in Sound, Florida, which is called the Grove 23 and 23 in Roman numerals. You might not know about this golf course because no one really knows about it. It's very exclusive. I'm not sure you probably could search online and find pictures of it, but there aren't, aren't a lot. Not a lot of video or pictures of the Grove 23. Anyway, we auctioned off a of foursome, play golf at the Grove 23. Wow. And dinner and drinks afterwards. At the clubhouse, Michael Jordan's club. We're talking like Rory McIlroy, DJ, Wayne Gretzky, you know, people like that go down and play. Mm -hmm. They have less than 100 members. Went for (laughs) $36,000. Holy cow. A foursome for golf. Man. So this is the kind of crowd we were talking about. And, Mm -hmm. yes, I had a lot of fun last night auctioning off all that stuff. So congratulations to St. Joe. Really awesome. Thank you to the SLU women hosting my fifth graders yesterday and we're going to hear at the bottom of the hour their senior night very emotional we'll hear from Mariama Smith Traore in particular who man it just hurts I mean she could have been one of the greats this year tore her ACL to start the year and they had to play on without her and then dealt with a lot of injuries and she talks about that we'll hear from Lisa Stone as well
6: and last night Brooke Flowers another senior who is coming back to play yeah wore Mariama's number 35 That was beautiful. Really?
4: Uh, Kaija Harbison, second all time scorer in SLU history. Has she said one way or the other if she's coming back or not? She She hasn't said coming back. She said for sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. I mean, yeah. can you change your mind on that? Or I hope so. Boy, she's eligible. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Brooke Flowers coming back is great. It's a great slew program, and I appreciate all of them. And we'll hear a little bit of that at 1030. Derek Gould, yes, we're going to talk a lot of baseball today and take your phone calls. Derek's going to join us live at 1105 from Roger Dean Stadium where those negotiations are taking place between the players and owners. So Derek will be with us at 1105. Richard Petty, the king. At 11.45, it is NASCAR season. It's also IndyCar season, the Grand Prix going on in St. Petersburg. A huge, huge year for Worldwide Technology Raceway. And the King, Richard Petty, in St. Louis, joins us at 11.45. That race is June 5th, the cup race for NASCAR. College basketball was crazy yesterday, but I want to start with the Blues with you, Mr. Kelly, as we have Blues hockey at 2 o'clock in Chicago. Blues and Blackhawks, two teams Definitely going in opposite directions, and I feel sorry, uh, like, at a level of, can I go below zero for the Blackhawks? Uh, <laughs> yes. Never, uh, always has been a bit of rivalry for me, and so nobody felt sorry for the Blues when they were down, and I certainly don't feel sorry for the Blackhawks. I am, however, keeping a close eye on the Blues because you want to see this team. I think they're a Stanley Cup contender, but are they a legitimate Stanley Cup champion-looking team without one more defenseman, and here comes Colton Pareko. Holy smokes, did he have a game. Great game on Friday against the Buffalo Sabres.
6: Yes, he did. That last goal was just beautiful. It looked like he was ready for spring training, batting that out of the air, kind of funding (laughs) it into the net from midair. Played a very good game. I do think they could use another defenseman, uh, and that would put him right up at the top. And knowing Doug Armstrong, he probably feels the same way, and he is going to make a deal, I believe. And I don't think he's going to wait till March 21st. I think he'll do it sooner than that. The question is, what do you sacrifice now? Do, do you feel you can win a cup? So do you make a trade with somebody like a Scott Perunovich or a Jake Neighbors, in order to bring in somebody like a Jacob Chikrin or somebody of that ilk or somebody who's available? And that's the question that Doug has to uh, to wrestle with. And I he always has been aggressive. He's always come up with the right plan and. I I have faith in him to do that.
4: I do, too. I think that they're going to be aggressive. I think the Blues will, and I think they're going to make a move here, and we'll see what happens by the deadline. In the meantime, Jordan Cairo, star. What a great game he had. 5-3 win, couple of goals for him, and an assist. He was rightfully named the first star. Pareko was the second star. Jake Wallman. Yeah. He's playing. Yes, he is. He's playing really well. He He looks good. Uh, He had a goal, but that's not why uh, that I say he's playing well. He's just tough. I really like the way that he plays, don't you?
6: Yeah, I do. I thought he played really well. And the, the interesting about that goal, the the save that was made, and then he got the rebound, and rarely do you see an unbelievable save and then a, a great goal like that. It was a very interesting play and a, and a timely one.
4: Cairo has 20 goals, by the way. Tage Thompson has 21. Yeah. I don't think it should be ignored. Now, it's a great trade. It's one of the great trades in St. Louis sports history, yeah. getting Ryan O'Reilly, but good for him. I mean, Tage Thompson, I think we thought very highly of him. Great example right there. Giving yes. up a prospect. I think we all like Tage. I mean, yes. you know, he had had his pluses and minuses, but he has 21 goals. Had a power play goal in that game, and uh, good for him. But the Blues just take care of the Sabres, and uh, Husso was good, too. Yeah. You know, he really was. I mean, I know he gave up a few, but Husso was tough, and, and the Blues look good here. So Blues-Blackhawks, 2 o'clock today, and then we'll see. Where are they in the standings right now? Second in the Central Division with 68 points. Tied with Calgary for the second best record in all of the Western Conference. Calgary also has 68. This Colorado team's unreal. They're 39, 10, and 4. They have 82 points. They lead the NHL by, they're six points clear of everyone in the league.
6: Yeah, they are. That's a special team. We'll see what happens in the playoffs, but that's a special team.
4: They've played two more games than the Blues have, but still, I mean, they're going to be the number one seed. They're going to be a power and somebody you have to deal with, but not right away. Uh, right. Not like last year. Yeah,
6: you don't want to finish fourth. You no. don't want to finish in that in that spot where you're going to get uh, no. get Colorado. Yeah, in the first let's get
4: round. you know. Let's stay ahead. How far ahead are they? Three points ahead of Minnesota and four points ahead of Nashville in the Central. And if the Blues keep this going, and they should win today, you should beat the Blackhawks today. If you do that, 32, 14 and six, you'd have seventy. And you just keep pushing, and we'll see what happens with the St. Louis Blues. Exciting!
6: They have uh, to keep pushing because the teams behind them are—they are—you know—crawling up. You gotta keep—you know—you see how many they've won this year so far. I think it was what nine, one, and one. Yeah. And uh, they—they got to do that because if you—if you lose three or four in a row, you could find yourself battling for that wild card spot. I
4: get all riled up about when the Blues get good, and they're good. I mean, this is a team that could do some damage. And I'll say what I said last week: there is nothing better. And, you know, I grew up, my first love was the Cardinals. I played basketball since I could walk. I love those two sports and golf with all my heart. But there is nothing better than an NHL playoff run. And when the Blues are good, this city is electric, and I think the Blues are going to make a run. And if they do, you know, get ready. I mean, every other night, you got to be prepared for a big game, lots of action, they have to make some moves, though, to make that happen. But it is fun, isn't it?
6: Yeah, it is. And I think the Blues are a, one of the reason they're a good playoff team is because they can match up with other teams very well. Not just, you know, usually you think of a playoff team, they have to have some physicality to them. Well, the Blues have that, the, the mixture of physicality and skill. But they also can match up very well defensively against other teams over a series, and that's one of the reasons I'm very optimistic when they get to the postseason.
4: That's a good point. Well, we have to have something to get excited about in March and April because apparently baseball doesn't want to do that for us. Neither side. It's really disappointing now. I'm seeing conflicting reports. John Heyman's throwing out a Did report you yeah. what are you saying, think? well, you know, I think that uh, maybe the two sides. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm watching... <laughs> I'm watching Jesse Rogers on ESPN today saying very disappointing day for baseball. You know, fans are confused. And so I'll just set it to you straight. It's two sides that are dug in. The players, yeah, I understand they gave a proposal to the owners, but they're not blinking here. They're standing their ground, Mm -hmm. and they are prepared to do that. The owners aren't giving anything to the players. Neither side is giving in. That's why fans are frustrated. You can tell me that, that we're making incremental progress. We want to see a deal yeah, and urgency. I mean, we're talking about a day before the deadline. Baseball fans are tired of it, and we're going to take their calls in an hour, and I'm pretty sure that 99% of the calls are going to be like, you know, I'm sick of it. Or maybe there will be some people that are holding out hope. But, you know, baseball is a beautiful sport, and it is a beautiful game. But the common thread throughout the generations is the fans. It's not, and I know there's a lot of money in the game now, and it has taken over some of the mindset here, and there's a lot of numbers that have been applied to the game and a lot of agents involved in the game, and the game has changed, and will continue to change over time. What will not change is that it's a great game when you strip it down and look at it, as a, as a beautiful sport, and fans appreciate that. So there's other baseball that they're going to enjoy if Major League Baseball is not playing. There's minor leagues, there's this, there's that college. I'm very pro-fan here, and I always have been since they started this thing on December 2nd. We're 88 days into it. It's the longest lockout in history, second longest work stoppage, and somebody's got to blink here. And hopefully it's today. And I'll remain optimistic until they tell me tomorrow that they didn't find a deal and they start canceling regular season games, which is not going to kill the game. It's not going to destroy the game, but you're going to lose people, and Mm -hmm. it's going to be disappointing, and you're going to go through another lull, I'm afraid, and I don't want to see it.
6: Yeah, the strike in the 90s cost baseball. Montreal is a market, and you are going to lose fans. It took a while to get back. You had to have the, the home run race to get people back into baseball. Uh, so yeah you, you, hopefully the deadline usually it comes down to a deadline and then they start talking about canceling regular season games, that's a deadline that you have to respect and hopefully they will and they will agree to something
4: I've had so many fans say you know what about us I mean are they anybody gonna ask us what we think what about our role in all of this Yeah well we'll ask you we'll in about an hour we'll take your calls and, and talk about it but Derek Gould's going to join us live to discuss what's happening in baseball on the scene at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. He'll tell us who's walking around. Yesterday, he quoted Max Scherzer in the paper, mm-hmm. uh, who talked to fans. Derek was right there when a fan asked him, how's it going, and Max said, not good. And then the reporters were like, can you tell us more? And he said, no. no. <laughs> so uh, that the players are frustrated, the fans are frustrated. I'm sure the owners are too, to some extent. We'll see. Coming up, college basketball, what a day. Top six teams in the country all lose. How in the world does that happen? Well, it's college hoops plus the Arch Madness bracket. That slew women at the bottom of the hour. Christian Heavens. Uh, A local golfer who's going to compete in the APGA Tour. African-American golfers and underrepresented minorities get an opportunity to play professional golf. He is in that. We'll hear from him and Nick Ragone of Ascension, the man who's making that happen here in St. Louis. Derek Gould at 1105. Your phone calls. Richard Petty, the king. Sports on a Sunday morning on Camel.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
3: There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning.
2: And it's a gutter. Big fly,
3: Nolan Aranato. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Philippines win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
4: From the Stiefel Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman with you. Good to be along with you. It's 10-23. How about college basketball yesterday? Let's sort this out real quick as we look at the top six teams all falling yesterday. First of all, Missouri lost 75-55 at LSU. Missouri's lost five in a row. They're 10-19. and Conzo Martin has a lot of heat on him, I think, from the fan base. We'll see what the school has to say about that. I'm going to assume that at the end of the season, they will meet with Konzo like they always do, and it'll be Desiree Reed-Francois, the athletic director, who is going to sit down with him, and they talk about all things basketball. And I think the biggest thing is, and Ben Fredrickson, I thought, did this very nicely in the Post-Dispatch in a column a few days ago. The big thing is, what does Mizzou think about its own basketball program? I mean, they're having trouble drawing people, folks, into Mizzou Arena. They're having trouble gaining support. What kind of resources do they plan to put into it? Uh, What about name, image, likeness opportunities for players? And that ability to attract recruits. There's a lot more than just a head coach who's a wonderful human being and a really good basketball mind and human. But it is about winning and losing at this level, especially in the SEC. Success is directly related to revenue, and that's understood. So the question is, how far does Mizzou want to go? We know they're supporting their football program. They put a lot into it. Eli Drinkowitz has some recruiting there rolling a little bit. We're starting to see things turn the corner a bit in that area for football. But for basketball, where does Mizzou stand with its program? And I think that is a huge question that needs to be answered moving forward. Okay, top six teams In college basketball, number one, Gonzaga. They lost. They fell to St. Mary's. That's a team that's actually gotten them before. Got them in the 2019 conference tournament title game. Number 23 team in the country. They're really good, and St. Mary's beat them up 67-57. St. Mary's always been a lockdown defensive team. They play a little slower, and they beat Gonzaga and ended their 17-game winning streak. Number two team in the country is Arizona. They lost. They fell to Colorado. They actually got whipped by Colorado by a final of 79-63. It was not close. Nine-game winning streak for the Wildcats, snapped by Colorado. Highest-ranking opponent ever beaten by the Buffs, by the way. Number three team in the country is Auburn. They lost. They fell to Tennessee. That's not too much of a surprise. Tennessee's 15-0 at home. They're tremendous. They're the 17th-ranked team in the country. We just saw them hammer Missouri and saw how good they are. Jabari Smith, maybe the best player in the country, maybe. 27 points for Auburn, but they've dropped three straight on the road. They're vulnerable. I don't think there's any question. They probably should have dropped one here in St. Louis, to be honest with you. But the Billikens couldn't finish it. The number four team in the country is Purdue. If I had to pick one team right now that has the look of a national champion, it's Purdue. Purdue has all the pieces. They have the depth. They have a great, great coach in Matt Painter. They lost yesterday at Michigan State, 68-65. Michigan State hit a bucket late. It was a three by Tyson Walker with three seconds on the clock, and Tom Izzo gets win number 662. Matching the Big Ten record set by Bob Knight at Indiana. The number five team in the country, they can be ferocious. That's Kansas. They lost by 10 to Baylor, the 10th ranked team in the country, got them 80 to 70 yesterday. The number six team in the country is Kentucky, and they have some really, really good talent. I mean, some of the best that I've seen at Kentucky in a while. They lost to Arkansas. Arkansas has won 13 of 14, beat them 75-73. Arkansas is the 18th ranked team in the country. And so there you go. Number one through six all lose. Number seven, Duke won. Number nine, Texas Tech lost to TCU. So that means that of the top nine, the only team that didn't lose is Duke, Villanova, but they were idle. So it's crazy in college hoops right now. There's no way to pick one dominant team. I think it's going to be a fascinating bracket from that standpoint. The Arch Madness Tournament should be nuts. Northern Iowa is the number one seed, but not by much. I mean, they won the regular season, credit to them. And they're not a dominant team by any stretch, but a very, very good basketball team that won yesterday and beat Loyola in overtime by a final of 102-96. to And with that win, they clinch the number one seed in Arch Madness. A.J. Green scored 32 points, seven of them in overtime, as Northern Iowa picked up that win. Loyola falls all the way to four. They were tied with Northern Iowa. They fall all the way to four. The reason is Missouri State and Drake beat them in a tiebreaker. Missouri State's really good. Gage Prim, 28 points. As Missouri State beat Evansville, 88-79. Isaiah Mosley had 20 points and 11 rebounds. The Bears are 22-9, 13-5 in the Valley. They'll be the number two seed. The number three seed in the Valley is going to be Drake. And Drake can win, and they can win this tournament. There's no question. Drake is outstanding, and number four is Loyola. So here's how the bracket looks. The number one seed, Northern Iowa, will play at noon, on Friday, against the winner of Thursday's first game, the 8 9 game, Illinois State and Indiana State. The second game on Thursday is the number seven Valparaiso against number 10 Evansville. The winner of that game will play Missouri State on Friday evening. The th- Friday afternoon game is the 4 5 game, and that'll be Loyola against Bradley. And then the last game of the day will be Drake on Friday night against a pretty dangerous team, I think. That's a team that's starting to play really well together, and that's the six-seed Southern Illinois, the Salukis. And then the two semifinal games on Saturday and the championship on Sunday. So we hope that you tune into that. We hope that you buy tickets to that, most importantly, and see Arch Madness at Enterprise Center because it's a great, great basketball tournament, and it has been crazy, no doubt, in college hoops. The SLU women, they wrapped up their home schedule, lost yesterday to UMass 74-62, but it was a very special senior night, a very emotional night, and we'll hear from Lisa Stone and some of the players involved coming up on KMOX. It's 10.30 from the Stiefel Sports Studio. You're listening to Sports on a Sunday Morning, back after this.
3: There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly. Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice KMOX.
4: Tom Ackerman back with you. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. This Billiken report sponsored by Royal Banks of Missouri and we go to the floor at Chaffetz Arena after the slew women lost to UMass 74-62. The Thoughts were with the seniors. It was senior night and an emotional night for sure, especially for Miriam Smith-Traori. Remember, she tore her ACL at the start of the season, was not able to play in what would have been probably one of the spectacular seasons in SLU history. A player who was... Near the top or at the top in rebounds, points in the Atlantic 10 Conference. Thank you guys so
7: much for all your support you've given me. Um, I'll never forget it, and I'll still be cheering you guys on after this. Um, I also want to thank my athletic trainers who have got me walking right, moving right um, as fast as I can. Elena, you're the best. Thank you so much. Wherever you are, I love you. <laughs> um, Thank you guys all, thank you the fans for being here. Um, I also, not gonna look at them or I'm gonna cry. I wanna thank my team. Um, you guys have been through so much. Um, I would do anything to have been out there with you guys this year, but I'm by your side. <laughs> Every day I'll be by your side even beyond this. You guys have a friend in me for life. Um, lastly, I just want to say something to my fellow seniors. Um, as you guys might have heard, Brooke is going to be back next season, Woo! but she's still part of uh, Kaiser and my, cl- my class. Um, she started as a freshman when Kaiser was a freshman and um, when I was a transfer. And I just want to tell you too that it has been such a pleasure to watch you guys go from these excited freshmen with so much potential to these incredible, strong women. You guys are amazing athletes, but even more than that, you guys are some of the best people I've ever met. I'm so proud of you, and you've only just scratched the surface of what, who you are and where that's gonna get you, and I'm so proud of you. Thank you.
8: Miriam Smith Traore. And now, Kaiser Harbison.
9: Um, what's up, Billiken fans? <laughs> um, first off, I want to start by thanking my family, of course, especially my parents, um, my sister, for um, being a great, my number one support system. Um, they've invested in me, encouraged me, did everything they can to get, get here, for me to get here. Um, so I, want to, I thank y'all, love y'all for everything. Um, I want to thank the athletic department, um, Chris May, Janet, um, Heather, you know, they've um, invested in us, they gave us this opportunity to you know, come here and represent SLU in the best way and continue to do what we love, whether it's on the court or off the, off the court, um, so I'm very appreciative for them. Um, I wanna thank Coach Stone and the rest of the coaching staff for giving me this opportunity and trusting in me for you know, coming out here and doing what I did. Um, nothing but love for you all. I want to thank um, also the trainers for, you know, Elena and um, Jen, of course, for, of course, making us stronger on and off the court and, you know, keeping us from getting hurt, sick, things like that. Um, you know, you guys have been very helpful from me. And then lastly, or no, not lastly, but I want to thank my teammates, of course, y'all, my sisters. I love y'all to death. Um, y'all continue to push me on and off the court. Um, I'm gonna continue to hold y'all in my heart, of course. Keep y'all, keep in touch, of course. Um, and then lastly, I wanna thank the fans. Y'all been nothing but the best fans in the A-10, honestly. My whole four years. Um, you know, obviously we're not done yet. We got the A-10 tournament, so continue to tune in. We're not gonna go out easy. You know, you know today wasn't the best, but we're not done. We're not done at all, so keep tuning in.
8: That's Harvest and Lisa Stone at the mic one more time.
9: Unbelievable
10: people. Think about that. I mean, you can sit here and listen to them talk all night. They're great people. You guys have left a wonderful mark um, on, on our entire program. I'd like to uh, thank tonight Spirit Squad. You're fantastic. Let's hear it for our Spirit Squad. You guys are awesome. Look forward to seeing you in Delaware. And the band over here, best band in the land, will see you in Delaware as well. Thank you for all you do. Fans, thank you for tonight, we are not done yet. We'll play better, we're going to Delaware to make some noise in the A-10 tournament. Thanks and have a good night.
8: Well, no, here comes Lisa now. And there she is right there, and here are the stats. Lisa, very emotional with your seniors tonight. Um, Mariama, what a terrific uh, individual, and uh, you could tell uh, what being a part of this team, and women's basketball at St. Louis, you was meant to her.
10: Yeah, you know what, and my comments were as they were. She's a very fine individual. She's going to be an English teacher. Um, both of her parents are teachers, and uh, she's just a fine, fine, fine individual. I mean, she not just a great player, but th- there's more to, more to these women than just their basketball skills. That's right. And she is a fantastic great student, great person, great teammate, uh, talented player, and the future is so bright for her and you look at her you can tell she's in great shape with her rehab she she looks she, great she took rehab very very seriously yeah. and you know I said you want to play today and she can't <laughs> jump yet but uh, a fine individual certainly and so, of course Kaija her stats are remarkable she's she's upset i could tell she didn't like how she played today yeah. and that's hard on senior day when you don't play the kind of game you want to play and she forced a little bit and You know, like I said, I give UMass credit. They defended us really, really well. They got after us. Mm -hmm. And we had a hard time manufacturing any type of offense. And then we go zone, they hit a three. We go man, they went inside. I mean, we didn't have an answer for Sam Breen. We didn't have an answer for Taylor. You know, they gave seven threes in the first half. They, they They only had one in the second half, it looks like one yeah. made 3 in the second right end.
8: after you hit a 3 and it looked like you might get something going then they hit that dagger yeah. right back yeah. again yeah. Yeah. yeah
10: yeah they're a good team yeah. they, what are they 23 and yeah. 4 or whatever they're really good we just we didn't play real well today but uh, put it beside new season starts it's march madness
8: before you get to that i want to say one more thing about Harbison sports guys do these nerdy things yeah you've been here a while i've yeah. been here a long time there's no question. Not just because of the numbers. If you wanted your all-time Billiken five, Kaja is on that list without question.
10: Hands down. You, I mean, her yeah. and Jackie Hittering and Sadie you for yeah. three are yeah, all there, there you for go. sure. Yep. There you go. Right there. That's you start there and
8: and then and, and then just they, for fun, I'd add Julie Hacker and Teresa Lish.
10: But yeah. Okay. I didn't coach them, but I the ones I had. Yeah. The, those uh, all-time, all-time, amazing. unbelievable yeah. players. Yeah. Yeah. And and even a better person. I yeah. mean, she's super humble. Um. And uh, so they did a good job on her today.
8: So now you go into the tournament. Yep. Got to get that first game, George Mason. You beat them. I know you'll never overlook an, uh, an opponent. So you got to take care of your business on that first day to give you a shot to get on you the know, run.
10: You know, and we and we're going to have to play a lot of games if we want to win something. But you got to go one at a time. Lay it on the line. Get it. Get it done the first time. You know, take care of business right away and uh, get some momentum. We'll have some experience. That's you right. Know. I think we play the first game, if I'm not mistaken, and uh,
8: three o'clock central. I uh, believe.
10: I, I, don't, I don't. I haven't even looked at the bracket. I do know yeah. we play Mason, but uh, we'll gotta kind of lick our wounds from this one. This, yeah. uh, we 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 didn't have urgency. We didn't defend. You know, it's just unfortunately, it was our one of our better crowds of the you, of the year. You know and, what you
8: teased me with though a little bit today, you just a taste of some high-low stuff with two bigs at yeah. the same time. Yeah. I kind of dug that yeah. for a little bit.
10: Yeah. Saval was scoring pretty well inside, yeah. so you saw me. I tried to keep going to her, but. They picked on her defensively. They did. They just picked on her. They saw who, who she was guarding, and they went at her. Yeah. And, uh, yep. So then we went zone. Then we went, man, I was trying everything. I was pulling everything out of my bag I could. But, you know, give them credit. They're a really good team. They've got uh, super seniors and uh, really good players. And, you know, their big three are big three. Taylor Filoxi yes. and Breen are really, really good.
8: Yeah, really good. Well, Coach, we're going to let you go. Um, it was a, a pleasure. I only get to do one or two a year, but I love – Uh, I love Lisa Stone basketball, and uh, it was an honor to be here and to see your seniors. Thank you very much.
10: Thank you, Rammer. It means a lot, and you know how emotional these these things are. I know. You know, I love those kids, and... uh I hope we, we we really we fight our tails off in Delaware, and I will guarantee you we will.
4: You're- I guarantee you they will. That's Lisa Stone, the head coach of the St. Louis Billikins the women's team, falling to UMass on senior night, 74-62. Thanks to Bob Ramsey for that. I'm Tom Ackerman. Quick break. When we come back, we shift to golf, and one of the great names in golf in St. Louis, too, actually, Nick Ragone's one of them. The other one is Christian Heavens. You're going to learn a lot about him. Keep an eye on him. We'll hear from him. My interview with Christian next on...
11: Selling a little or a lot.
5: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features
2: and taxes and fees may vary. KMOX. There's a
3: high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
4: Well, what an announcement at Glen Echo Country Club, the APGA Tour, the Ascension Classic, presented by Doherty Business Solutions will be September 8th and 9th. And Christian Heavens, a local product, will be performing and competing in his hometown. Congratulations on that.
0: No, thanks. Uh, this is my mental days. It's, uh, it's the start of something big, um, and it's just something that I've dreamed about for a while to come home and play golf. So to be able to compete, do what I love, in front of a lot of my family and friends that have wanted to travel and see me play. Um, it's just a moment I'm going to embrace and work hard to perform well.
4: Nick Ragone of Ascension, uh, Ken Bentley of the APGA Tour with the announcement today. How did it come together? How, what, what is your understanding on how this came together? Man,
0: I honestly have no clue. I just know that Ken's always kind of behind the scenes working on things, and the more I get to know Nick, uh, he's more of the same type of person, um, so it just pop, kind of popped up out of nowhere as an idea I heard that might happen last year, and a couple weeks ago I had a call saying that we're going to make this announcement and it's all go, so um, man, they, they just do their, what they're doing, the APGA has been growing so much, uh, the Ascension, this is only their second year and what they've done from year one to year two is just uh, amazing, so it's just great people behind the scenes doing what they do
4: the apga is an opportunity for african americans and minorities underrepresented to be able to compete in a professional golf arena and to, to, to be able to feel that from your standpoint to envision what that will feel like and look like especially in your hometown what is that like
0: yeah it's good i mean you know it's such a big thing diversity in the game of golf is very important you know golf it's very important to me, and I see diversity as a big part of helping that game grow. And just getting more opportunities for the people that come from my neighborhood to um, experience what I've had a chance to experience in the relationships. So, you know, for them to get a close firsthand account of, um, account of that or be able to see it, come out and watch, uh, it's, just, it's just an honor, and just, I'm really happy to be a part of it.
4: A lot of people don't know, for instance, that the mayor of St. Louis, Tashara Jones, plays the game of golf. She got her first set of clubs when she was three. <laughs> and for you, your first set of clubs when you were a year old, your first Christmas. You grew up mostly in East St. Louis. Right. These are stories that are being told, and that has to be special.
0: Yeah, and this is a side of golf that. The more stories that are shared, the better, right? The more we have opportunity to connect to different people around the world and bring them into the game. I didn't know that about the mayor. That's really cool. And just knowing that kind of brings, I don't even know the person or know her personally, but it brings us closer together. So just sharing as many of these stories as possible um, within the game of golf, it's just, it helps the game grow. And it's just, like I said, it's such an honor to be a part of it all.
4: Christian, what do you love about the game? What do you love about the game of golf?
0: How how close it resembles life. You know, the the lessons that you learn in the game of golf, they help you out in the game of life. You can really get to know how a person is by um, seeing how they react to things on the golf course and who they are on the golf course. Um, That's a true reflection of how they are in life. So, and it's just you out there. I grew up kind of the only child for the most part. So it was just me out there on the golf course. And that was just me in nature. It was just a blessing. It's beautiful.
4: Finally, your biggest influences in the game?
0: It's more so, obviously, I got to put Tiger in there, but besides him, you know, it's it's my grandfather. It's the guys that I grew up playing with while he was, you know, making bets and gambling out there on the golf course at Grand Mariah. Um, I see myself in different, in the, I mean, Tony's, the Mr. Springfield's, a lot of names that people won't know, but um, they're my influence, those guys that grew up caddying to play golf, and learn how to put sticks together to swing and hit a ball or something. So uh, I, I give a, a big part of my who I am and my identity in a, the golf world as a golfer to those guys.
4: What an exciting time for St. Louis and for Christian Heavens. Congratulations. The APGA Tour coming to St. Louis September 8th and 9th right here at Glen Echo Country Club.
0: Thank you very much, appreciate it.
4: Well, great to speak to Christian Heavens and Nick Ragon of Ascension is with us. Another big announcement, another big event, September 8th and 9th here at Glen Echo. Nick, congratulations.
12: Thank you. You know, it's leveraging year one, the success of the Charity Classic. We don't have this event. were it not for a great event last year and St. Louis came out in record numbers, as you know, record charity, record tickets. And to be able to add a second event and lean into diversity inclusion is going to be a game changer and I think the rest of the country is going to see it. The PJ Tour is going to do more of this for the APGA.
4: Nick, how did this come together?
12: You know, right after the tournament ended, I talked to the team and I said, year two, it can't just be about more tickets or more cabanas sold or more charity. We'll do that, but we got to figure out a way to make golf more diverse and inclusive. And we immediately came upon the idea of partnering with the APGA and creating a marquee event the same week, leveraging the, the build out, the transportation, the parking, the infrastructure, the hospitality, ticket sales. And if one event is great, two events are even better. And my my math is one plus one equals three. And that's how we came about it. I immediately called Ron Doherty at Doherty Solutions. And before I finished the phone call, we had a partner.
4: So many people in this city and in this county and in this region, that are pushing for diversity and inclusion, aren't they?
12: Yeah, you know, it's not just enough to say we, we want to be more diverse and inclusive. You actually have to do stuff. And it's, you know, creating events aren't easy. Creating opportunities to be diverse and inclusive aren't easy, but you have to do the hard work. And I think having the APJ partnering with the Charity Classic, uh, giving uh, African-American golfers, a chance to live their dream and make it to the Corn Ferry Tour or the PGA Tour is, is really important, and so, uh, you know, at Ascension our mission is to serve underserved communities, and part of it is to, to create more compassionate and advocate for a just society. And, I think this event moves in that direction. We
4: just talked to Christian. Just tell us about him from your perspective.
12: You know, Christian is a rock star. He is a uh, he's won four times on the APGA. He did our Accenture Youth Clinic last year at the Charity Classic, a big hit with the kids. And when we uh, when we decided to embark on this partnership, we said we have to have uh, Christian on our team as an Ascension ambassador and. Uh, you know, and playing in front of his home, home crowd. It's going to be exciting, and uh, I'll be pulling for him to win, I can tell you that. Give us an update on the
4: Ascension Charity Classic in Norwood. What's the latest as that comes together?
12: You know, it's amazing. We've already doubled where we were last year. We, we uh, In corporate sales, I think we already sold 74 cabanas. We did 50 last year. We're building up three more holes, so it's going to be bigger than half the PGA Tour events. We already know now from cabana sales, from ticket sales, from sponsorships. I mean, uh, it's going to be huge. It will feel like a, I mean, last year felt like a PGA Tour event. This will feel like an elite PGA Tour event. I mean, I cannot believe how much enthusiasm there is already.
4: And finally, what was your reaction to being featured on the Golf Happy Hour, sponsored by Ascension, episode seven with marina horton and jay
12: williamson well a didn't realize how ugly my golf swing and how pretty your golf swing is which who knew about that b i didn't realize how funny we were i mean playing with jay williamson who's one of the great players from our area and marina that was about as much fun as i've ever had on a golf course uh and it was really really unique and i uh I, i it was a blast
4: it was a great time you can see it right now at KMOX.com appreciate the time. Thank you, Tom. Well, I appreciate Nick Ragone's endorsement of the golf happy hour. Ascension is a sponsor as is McKelvey Holmes and Rosalita's Cantina. And As we said, it is up at camox.com right now. These are shows. If you're not familiar that we recorded last year, we actually did seven episodes. The biggest one, the one that got the most views was Pat Maroon. Uh, Maroon was pretty funny, and there are links to it in that story that's up right now, the Nick Ragone, Jay Williamson golf happy hour at Norwood Hills. You can see in there the episode with Pat Maroon, episode with Ozzy Smith, episode with Darren Pang. And we have Adam Betts with him at Family Golf Center. Willard Harrell with Ozzie Smith at St. Albans. Andy Marks, who is a childhood friend of Pat Maroon. We play with him at Meadowbrook. There's just so much. The good. Ron Kraszewski, the CEO of Stiefel, uh, joined us for a round at Bell Reef Country Club. I think it's fun, and we have an entire 22 lined up for you. I'm not going to say it now because I want to reveal it all together, but I will say we have a very, very, big name in Cardinals history, joining us for one of the episodes. He said he is in, we have booked it, and it is going to be awesome. But I'll tell you who that is when we make the announcement about the show uh, for 22. But Golf Happy Hour has been fun for sure, and thanks to Nick Ragone for joining us. But more importantly, what a job he has done in just a few short years. They raised a million dollars for charity, Uh, The Ascension Charity Classic did for North County. They did that over two years, including $800,000 in this latest golf tournament at Norwood Hills. He continues to do wonderful things. And now with the APGA and giving people the opportunity to play golf, African-American golfers, underrepresented minorities, it's really special. PGA Reach what Ozzie Smith does. Ozzie was in the house for that press conference. Harrison Bader was there as well. I know Bader would love to be at camp right now, and today we would have had game number two of the Grapefruit League schedule, but we are still in a lockout. Derek Gould is going to join us right after the 11 o'clock news with the very latest from Jupiter, where things stand right now. Not great, that's for sure, but the two sides are going to meet at noon central today, so a little over an hour from now. Derek's going to join us in 10 minutes to give us the latest from his perspective. He is I'm assuming behind the fence of the players' lot at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, where the players are arriving, the owners are also arriving. Commissioner Rob Manfred was there yesterday, met one-on-one with Tony Clark, the union head. That was actually Friday. Yesterday, the two sides met again. And even though there are several steps forward, the owners and the players have not agreed on really anything in terms of core economic issues. And that's a breakdown, perhaps, by tomorrow's deadline. We'll talk to Derek about it. But the players were upset. They were angered by the state of the negotiations. And basically, if you give a proposal to another side and you have a lot of hope that the other side's going to look at it and respond and the other side kind of dismisses it, That causes frustration, and that's what the players are feeling right now. They're not happy at all about the situation. If we don't have a resolution by tomorrow, we're going to miss regular season games. That's where we are. We'll talk to Derek Gould about it in just a few minutes from the Stiefel Sports Studio. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...